you may be seated, you may not be greeted, <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll soon be there. If the kids want to kind of make their way this way, if you want to go to Kids Church, we're kind of excited that there's Kids Church again, right? Yes, hey. <laughs> I, I hate lo- losing the kids, but on the other hand, I, I, you know, I love that they have their own thing uh, because it's been kind of fun to have them with us. Um, I, do, I do enjoy the energy of it. Uh, but, you know, that means the messages could go from, like, PG to PG-13 now. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, because some of the topics we address, in fact, there's going to be one today in the Bible. I'm going to keep it PG, but it gets, it's rated R. Because uh, <laughs> sometimes things the Bible describes are not necessarily things that should have happened, but they're things that happened. And uh, anyway, uh, this is a hard passage this week. Uh, it seems like I'm saying that a lot. Because there, there are, are some topics and things that you hit. When you, when you teach through a book of the Bible, you kind of hit some parts that you probably would have skipped um, if, you, if you weren't <laughs> teaching through. And some of you are like, where are we now, right? No, uh, 2 Peter, uh, cha- um, uh, 2 Peter uh, chapter 2, uh, starting in verse uh, thir- uh, 3b. We kinda, I kind of split it up. Uh, you know, it's, and that's throwing me off, and, um, and I wrote the wrong thing in my notes, uh, but <laughs> the, uh, you know, the, the verses we, and chapters we put in later when we're looking at the text, it's not like, you know, Peter's writing a letter, and he's like, chapter two, and wrote a big two down, and, and filled it out, but, you know, we put them in later to find our way, and uh, so sometimes you'll have to split up a chapter, because the, the thought is kind of not split up properly and so sometimes we'll split up even a verse and and so we didn't really kind of deal with 3b uh, not 2b or not to be anyway uh, (laughs) it's going to be a long day in fact it's interesting because this is one of those sermons where we kind of have to talk about some Old Testament, some Hebrew Bible stories, and so it's going to look a little different than some of the other weeks do, so you don't know what you're going to get this week. There's times I look at my notes, and I'm like, what are they going to get this week? Um, well, you're about to find out. Anyway, Second <laughs> um, Peter chapter 2, starting in 3b, but God condemned them long ago, and their destruction will not be delayed. And here we go. For God did not spare even the angels who sinned. He threw them into hell in the gloomy pits of darkness where they're being held until the day of judgment. And God did not spare the ancient world except for Noah and seven others in his family. Noah warned the world of God's righteous judgment. So God protected Noah when he destroyed the world of ungodly people with a vast flood. Later, God condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and turned them into heaps of ashes. He made them an example of what will happen to ungodly people. But God also rescued Lot out of Sodom because he was a righteous man who was sick of the shameful immorality of the wicked people around him. Yes, Lot was a righteous man who was tormented in his soul by the wickedness he saw and heard day after day. Uh, So, here's three uh, obviously difficult things. Number one, angels who sinned. Did that kind of throw anyone else off? Like when they first started reading, they're like, what in the world is going on there? Uh, I'm I'm seeing a lot of nods, so that's good. If you all had this, I could skip it. but I'm, <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just messing with you because I knew you, well, we weren't going to skip it. But we have an adversary. And, and so to kind of back that up a little bit, uh, with angels who've sinned, Genesis 3, uh, you may remember Adam and Eve, story in the Bible. You know, and they're in this, this perfect garden and everything's good. And what does God say? He says, you can eat of any tree here but this one. 
And like anything, there becomes temptation with that. Because if, you know, if I told you, don't look to the right outside here, what do you all want to do? And what are some of you doing right now? Because I told you not to. And there, there's this, you know, you, you can have everything. You know, it, it's kind of like if, if, if there was like one dessert on the table and you could have all the desserts you wanted but not the cheesecake, what would you want? I would want the cheesecake, you know. And so it says, Genesis 3, chapter 4, it says, uh, you, know, uh, you know, Eve's like, oh, well, we can't eat, you know, except for this tree because we'll die. And the serpent says, you won't die. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. Uh, and so what happens if you know the story? There's eating, there's sinning, and then everyone's naked. Because anyway, uh, they were naked before, they just didn't realize it. If you don't know the story, you can, you can read it in Genesis 3. Uh, but but and then there's judgment then. And, and this interesting verse, Genesis 3.15 says, And I will cause hostility between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head, and you will strike his heel. And that's this, this, this promise that, that there still will be a savior. And so we see there's the, an adversary. It's not physical snakes that you know, we're talking about here. But uh, you know, the adversary, although some of us don't like snakes. Who likes snakes? Who has pet snakes? We're not going to your house. You know, <laughs> instead of a guard dog, they should just have a picture of, I keep large pythons here. You know, I like pythons. Uh, but... <laughs> You know, a lot of us are scared of snakes. I find one in the yard. I always leave it because, especially black snakes, they're, they're good. They eat, they eat the mice and everything. But, you know, when you're underneath the house at 3 a.m. fixing a pipe and one shows up, uh, you're, you're, you're alarmed. Most of us fear snakes. And so, uh, but we have an adversary who's been defeated. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus sends the disciples out. And they go, like, do their thing, and they're doing this, the Jesus stuff because part of being a disciple of Jesus is to do the things he did. And, and they come back, and they're excited about all the good ministry stuff that happens. And Luke 10, Jesus said, yes, I told them, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you, but don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. And so I saw Satan fall like lightning. It's this allusion to Jesus saw that there was a rebellion at one point. And I, I, to bring in all the verses here would probably take hours and hours and a lot, and a lot, a lot of scriptures, a lot of time. But the, the theology of it, if you will, and you can, if you want to explore this more, we can talk, we can, you know, text or something, and, and we can, but, uh, you know, Satan was originally, um, you know, a, an angel. Yeah, and, and so, you know, he kind of, he, he's, he's in charge, he's, he's, he's large and in charge, and, you know, he takes a big chunk, a third of the angels with him, and, and there's this rebellion, and so in this life, we often, we like to talk about God, right? Because, I mean, you're a church. It would be weird if you didn't like to talk about God at all. But we often, we forget about the other side of this, which is there's this, this demonic realm. And the, it, it's funny sometimes because movies have all kinds of things that are, you know, they take like a little bit of biblical stuff and go in a really weird direction too. They remember the Denzel Washington movie? Like, yeah, with Azazel, and it's actually, you know, <laughs> it, it, it comes out of a biblical thing, but I don't know that it's that biblical, but it's a freaky movie. You ought to watch it. Uh, <laughs> no, that's probably bad stuff in it that I've forgotten. Every time I recommend a movie or something, it ends up being uh, stuff I don't remember. Because kind of like you watch movies when you're like a teenager, and you're like, you're telling your kids, this movie's awesome. And then you better preview it before you show it to them, because there's whole sections that you're like, oh God, my gosh, I forgot that was in there. Any? Okay, just two or three of us. The rest of you don't care about your children. Uh, 
But, but you know, and, and so this alludes to, to Satan's fall and, and, and his demons. And, and, and demons show up a lot in the New Testament, right? One of my favorite stories about the demonic, which sounds funny when you say it that way, is Jesus with a garrison demoniac. You know, he, 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 he goes across the lake, he shows up, and it's like, you know, there's this naked dude running around, full of a legion of demons, and, and you know, he runs up to the disciples, you know, and Jesus, he's screaming at Jesus, he has this dialogue, the demons are having this dialogue with Jesus, Jesus casts out the demons, they jump into some pigs, uh, and that was the original swine flu, because they, they jump off the cliff, all the bad jokes are coming in now, <laughs> and, and so there, there's this, you know, this, this demonic force that wants to kill and destroy, but, but you know, kind of like, it, it, Satan's kind of on a leash, and so we have to deal with the, the forces of evil that are against us, and Paul reminds us, um, Ephesians 6, verse 12, says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and against authorities, against powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And so, you know, there, there is this spiritual stuff that we have to deal with. Now, there's a danger with a lot of things in the Bible. There's a danger in, like, never paying attention to this and not believing that there's a spiritual forces because you kind of get this wrong idea about life. The other danger is I have friends who are like, there's a demon under every rock. You know, every, every sin they have is, you know, a demon. Well, no, there's also our will sometimes. You know, the fact that you ate that dessert isn't a demon. It's just we like to eat. <laughs> um, at times it can be sin, but, but it's, uh, you know, it's things we need to deal with. And so um, bottom line is no one escapes God's judgment, even demons. That, you know, and so they're, they're on a leash, I like to think of. It's, they, they're, they're not completely done yet because they still have a little bit of, of, of rain in here. It's kind of like I have a dog, and, you know, when we have to put him out, you know, to let him, you know, because right now he still doesn't know his boundaries. Uh, anyone have a dog that, like, just likes to run? You know, ours, like the UP, yeah, my son raised his hand. Because <laughs> the UPS guy comes, and he's gone. <laughs> you know, it's like he was fine. He was right here, but and he's not... Fortunately, he's not biting the UPS guy, but he's just like, he's a bullet, you know, he's fast, um, and he's crazy, that's why his name is Loki, um, and, and so, he's living in a good place, because he's living with other crazy people, he definitely fits our family, uh, and, and so Satan is on a leash, if you will, we have to, we have to tie him to a line if we're going to let him run around too long, because he, he kind of goes, and so Satan's not fully, you know, in charge, you know, uh, you know, the, he, you know, the disciples doing stuff, you know, and, and you know, uh, Satan, you know, they're reining him in, demons are, you know, submitting to him, but there is the demonic. Bottom line is no one's going to escape God's judgment, even the spiritual beings. Um, now, Genesis 6, uh, this is part two is uh, the flood and Noah. Now, anyone ever heard of this guy named Noah? Do you have like the, the little tub toys when you're little? Or I, I, I'll be honest, um, one of the cool things about having kids, if you don't have kids, one of the cool things is the toys. Uh, because I think oh, most men, we're kind of like grown up children. Uh, <laughs> we, we like toys. I mean, tools. I mean, toys. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and so, you know, I, I, when the kids were little, uh, I, I didn't mind helping with bath time, especially because there was like the little ark and they had these like cushy little animals and they all clicked in there. It was kind of fun, uh, you know, and that's why we get the kids Legos because it's for them. Because uh, <laughs> every kid needs a Lego Battlestar Galactica or <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> whatever 
I, I never expect, I got the like really nice ones, but I did enjoy going to like Target and getting the Lego sets, and you know, or we'd, we'd price match between Walmart and Target, and or anyway, I, I love building Legos and stuff. But I, I love the Noah's Ark toy we had when we were kids. It was kind of, it was kind of fun, the little giraffe, tall neck, and everything. And, and so we kind of we, we kind of make it into a kid's story. But if you, you ever like read the, you ever hear the stories as a kid? You know, we, we started Kids Church again today. It's great, it's fun. But you only teach sometimes certain levels of the stories to the kids. And so like, I mean, I just, I remember as a kid, but the only thing I remembered was there was an ark and there was a flood and I think there was animals and there was a song apparently, two by two or something, I don't know. We get them on the boat. And so it's just, it, we kind of turn it into a kid's story, but it's really the story of the world went bad. And, and if you read Genesis, I recommend you read it after today because we've got lots of you know, Genesis stuff in here. But if, if, you, if you read Genesis, God creates the world good, Adam and Eve sin, but things kind of go downhill from there. They, 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 they sort of spin out of control. People begin to sin a lot. Uh, maybe you kind of feel like it's today, <laughs> you know, the, the world, it just seems like everything's going on. And so God decides he's going to, you know, take care of it. There's going to be judgment. Noah builds an ark. And there's people who think it took 100 years. I don't know. Like, there, there's some jumps in the text. doesn't quite tell us. But, but he spent a lot of time building this ark. And, and then, he, you know, uh, presumably he's telling people, you know, hey, there's just going to be this judgment. You know, he gets everybody on the ark, gets all the animals on the ark. There's a flood. There's judgment. Uh, and you can read that. It says, you know, uh, you know, this is the kind of Noah and his family. Noah's a righteous man, the only blameless person living on the earth at the time, and he walked in close fellowship with God. And, and so, and, and, and now, so God saw the earth was corrupt and filled with violence. God, God observed all the corruption world for everyone on the earth was corrupt, and God said, I've decided to destroy all living creatures, for they have filled the earth with violence. Yes, I will wipe them out all along with, with, with the earth. And, and so he builds a boat, the unrighteous is destroyed, the righteous are saved. And, and so, the flood is a judgment, right? Uh, and bottom line is God judged the world, but he always saves the righteous. There's this righteous remnant. And so he doesn't destroy everybody, just, you know, he's saving them. And so there, there's judgment. Um, now, Sodom and Gomorrah and Lot. Now, if you don't know who Lot is, does anyone know a lot about him? Sorry, couldn't resist that one. Um, if you want bad jokes, welcome. <laughs> Uh, if you don't, you're getting them anyway. Uh, <laughs> but it, there's a guy in the, again, Genesis, there's a guy named Abraham. Um, you know, Father Abraham. And then, you know, uh, actually, which is funny because he only really had two, but eventually he, <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, so there, there's Abraham, and, and, you know, we read a lot about Abraham, but he's got his, his nephew, Lot, hanging out with him. It's kind of a family thing. So, so Lot's kind of chilling with him. They've left where they're from, they, they go down, and Lot's hanging out with them, but, um, you know, the land couldn't support uh, both of them, it, it kind of gets too big, uh, and so, uh, I think this is around Genesis 13, maybe, uh, you know, land couldn't support them both, and, 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 you know, and it says, uh, so disputes broke out between the herdsmen of Abram, it was Abram at the time, he gets a name change, he becomes Abraham, uh, that's another whole sermon for another time, but there's, you know, Abram, so kind of disputes break out, because, you know, there's a lot of herds, now, most of us probably don't have a lot of herds, right? No, like, I mean, we don't have any herds. We are in Wyoming, though. Like, if we go out of the town, you know, there's all kinds of animals. Uh, <laughs> we, we went to pick up something the other day. We we're, like, driving there. There's, like, you know, like, alpacas or llamas. We were debating whether, which they were. I'm not sure. <laughs> you know, and there's, like, bison out on the farm here. There, there's still a bison there. 
Anyone seen them recently? Uh, you know, it, it, there's all kinds of animals and stuff. But a picture, if you're like traveling around and animals eat the stuff around them, if you have too many, what happens? You need more space. And so Abram and Lot, they kind of, their, their herdsmen are kind of fighting with each other over the best place to bring the animals. And so they get together and it says, finally Abram said, Lot, let's, allow this let's not allow this conflict be come between us or our herdsmen. Uh, after all, we're close relatives. Hey, let's not let the family split over this. We're going we're gonna to split up to not fight. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's, that's why most of us like separate bedrooms from our siblings, because some of you get along with your siblings, the rest of us don't. Uh, <laughs> no. Now, now you're wondering, no, I'm, I get along fine. We'll be at my brother's house later today. But <laughs> uh, it, it says, uh, the whole countryside is open to you. Take your choice of any section of land you want, and we'll separate. If you want the land to the left, I'll take to the right. If you prefer the land to the right, I'll go to the left. It, it says, Lot took a long look at the fertile plains of the Jordan Valley in the direction of Zoar. The whole area was well watered everywhere like the garden of the lord or, or the beautiful land of egypt uh it, this was before the lord destroyed sodom and gomorrah uh, obviously because that's going to come into play in a minute so lot chose for himself the whole jordan valley in the east uh, to the east of them he went there with his flocks and servants and parted company with his uncle and abraham goes to to canaan now abraham gives lot first dibs and, and so lot looks out and he sees like hey this is good good place so you know, uncle, you can go there. <laughs> I'm going here. Now, it turns out not to be a good choice, right? Because he takes all his flocks and herds. He goes over, and he's living by uh, <laughs> Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, if you don't know anything else about the Bible, you've probably, you know, maybe heard allusions to Sodom and Gomorrah as not a good place um, to, to live. You know, I, I, I lived in Los Angeles. I used to make jokes. It's, you know, uh, it was just outside of L.A. and Gomorrah. Uh, <laughs> Some of you get it, some of you don't. Anyway, um, they're living there, and, and, and there's some, there, here's some things that aren't taught in the Sunday school class. Uh, when we get to the next story, uh, you know, God says, hey, we're going we're gonna to destroy this. Abraham sort of barters. There's this, this episode. You, you, can, you can read it, Genesis 18, uh, you know, because, uh, you know, he, he says, I'm going to destroy this thing. And he's like, hey, Lord, you know, what if you find 50? And, you know, Lord's like, okay, if I find 50 righteous people over there, we'll let it go. And, and Lot's over there, so, you know, Abraham's kind of thinking about his nephew, I think. And, and then he's like, well, you know, what if you find 45? And they're kind of they're working it down. You can read it like an auctioneer. Hey, hey, Lord, 50, 45, you know, reverse auctioneering it there. Get down to 10, um, which he probably should have kept going. One, <laughs> because as you'll see. And if you read the story, uh, the angels show up. Uh, <laughs> You know, in those days, you know, Lot's sitting at the, at, the, at the gate, and, you know, people come, and there was hospitality, and you were supposed to be hospitable, uh, and, uh, <laughs> you know, they, they come, and they're supposed to be hospitable to them, and, uh, you know, Lot brings them in, feeds them, they show up in the middle of the night, and here's the part that you're not going to read, the, and I'm going to kind of move quickly over it, is they want them to, the, uh, they want the gentleman to come out for the night, uh, to rape them. Uh, <laughs> and so and the crazy story is like, and then he's like, oh, well, send my daughters. How about that? And you, you're looking at this whole story and you're like, man, Lot is kind of messed up. And, and again, there's some stories in the Bible that are a little messed up because it, not because God wants these things to happen, but there's a lot of stories in the Bible of just 
how things have happened. And, and you know, in America, we're sort of, we kind of are, are, there's some international conflicts and things that are going on that sometimes we don't even see the level of sin and stuff that's going on around the world. And, and there, there's lots of crazy stuff. So if you read this story, uh, you know, and funny, if Peter hadn't written that Lot was a righteous man, I would have had my doubts. I, and so the, the angels uh, kind of, they save the, uh, save Lot, he has to flee the city, you know, uh, and the, you know, the, ends up just fleeing with his daughters and his wife, you know, you, presumably all his possessions are destroyed, you know, uh, the lot, you know, his, uh, you know, they, you know, they don't look back, and his wife looks back, uh, and, you know, turns into a pillar of salt, and sometimes they put that verse on the back by the clock in churches, you know, just don't turn back, because anyway. <laughs> you're wondering how long the sermon is, and anyway, <laughs> jokes, <laughs> but but there's all this crazy stuff. And you, but Peter, you know, says that Lot was distressed by the sin. Uh, now, it, it's kind of interesting because I don't really get that from the story when you, when you look at Lot's behavior, but, but maybe, you know, there, there's possibly something. I, I'll be honest with you, when there's some scriptures I don't understand fully yet, and <laughs> this story is one of them with Lot. <laughs> I just got questions when I read it. I, I don't understand what he's doing. I, I, you know, maybe you, some of you have figured it out after years and years of study. I, I'll let you up to, later to explain it all. Uh, but, 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 you know, Peter says he was righteous and, and he was distressed. Now, it's interesting because, you know, are we distressed by the sin around us? A little side sermon. Because, you know, we, we live in a culture that's, that's full of junk, right? That's full of stuff around us. It, it's too easy to become accommodating to the lawlessness around us and entertained by it, because we like it in a movie. And it reminds me of, how do you cook a frog? You've, you've probably all heard this. Like, you, you don't take a, boil, a, a pot of boiling water and throw a frog in it, because what would the frog do? Yeah. And then they'd call PETA immediately, they'd be there on you. Uh, <laughs> but you, you put a frog, they say, in water, and I've never tried this, and you, you just kind of heat it up gradually, and you can cook the frog. I don't know. I don't eat a lot of frog. Anyone eat frog? Go, go gigging for frogs? Uh, no, I, I, I think I have eaten frog. I'll eat anything, uh, as you can tell. Uh, but, you know, uh, but you, you, because if, if you kind of do it gradually, you don't sense it. And so, you know, kind of like Lot, he may have been a preacher of righteousness. You know, he may be righteous. I don't know. But that's what Peter says. But, but you know, there's some struggles we have when we're around our culture, and we, it, it, it's easy to kind of get swept into things. And so bottom line, though, God judged the world, saved the righteous. You know, and there were likely very other cities that were really bad. It's just not, it's not like Sodom and Gomorrah were it. <laughs> There's lots of other places, but, but God judged in order to, to demonstrate his righteousness. Now, 2 Peter 2.9, some of you are glad we're getting down there a little bit. It says, so you see, the Lord knows how to rescue godly people from their trials, even while keeping the wicked under punishment until the day of final judgment. Now, many of us, if we're honest, I, uh, n not you, but I mean the rest of you know, people listening online, you know, um, <laughs> you know we, we struggle with the idea of a loving God sending someone to hell, right? Like most people are not like, yay! It, 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 it's a struggle. And, um, but to be loving means there's judgment. It's not loving to never have judgment. Now, uh, think of a scenario, some of you are old enough to remember like Osama bin Laden, Okay. <laughs> uh, you remember his father. Okay. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, it's, it's funny because sometimes, like, things like 9-11, it's like part of the history books now. 
like, my kids read about it in history, and I'm explaining what the world was like pre-9-11, and they're just like, what? You know, to, to them, it's ancient history, you know? So, I mean, you know, so we were mentioning, we were driving, I was driving around with Justin this, this week for something, and we were talking about the Berlin Wall. Does anybody remember the Berlin Wall? My kids would have no idea what it is. I have, like, a, a little chunk of it. It's supposed to be of it. I don't know. It's got a certificate of authenticity. But, you know, it, it's kind of cool. <laughs> Some of you are laughing because you're like, I don't even know what the Berlin Wall is. Because <laughs> it probably fell before you were born. <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's, you know, you know, if Osama bin Laden, if they, when they caught him, they just said, um, hey, you know, We've all sinned. We've all done some bad stuff, man. Just don't do it anymore. Would we be happy? Probably most people wouldn't be because, because we have this sense of, you know, when someone's done wrong, there should be justice. You know, I think all of us have this sense of justice in planet this. Now, if you watch the original Star Wars, so we worked it in, you know, and, and Luke is like, you know, flying along, and, you know, there's a little exhaust port on, the, you know, the Death Star, and he, it's about the size of a womp rat, and they, they shoot the little torpedo in there and blow the whole thing up. We all kind of, if, if you don't know anything about the movie, if you haven't seen it by now, spoiler alert, um, you, you're just never going to see it. You should have seen it by now. But, you know, we all, we're all we're kind of excited, right, because the evil empire falls. I, and I, I think there's this part of us who, who wants to see justice, but when there's justice, uh, you know, that, that means there's judgment. Now, many of us struggle uh, in life, I think, because we see the unrighteous prosper. Anyone? It seems like the people who do wrong get ahead. Uh, it seems like those who do right sometimes don't get ahead. Anyone? No one else struggles with that. Okay, one other, per two other people. Do I hear three? Do I hear three? Do I hear three? Three and four, then I do a five. <laughs> okay. Uh, psalm 73, a psalm of Asaph, so I'm picturing Asaph right in this. He says, truly God is a good to Israel, to those whose hearts are pure. But as for me, <laughs> I've almost lost my footing. My, seat, my feet were slipping and I was almost gone. For I envied the proud when I saw them prosper despite their wickedness. Like this isn't like a new thing. Like, the, like the, they get away with stuff now. This, is always, this has been a problem. Here's a guy writing the psalm going, hey, okay. I struggled with this. For they seem to live such painless lives. Their bodies are healthy and strong. They don't have troubles like other people. They're not plagued with problems like everyone else. You know, anyone ever feel, yeah, they seem like they're getting along fine. They wear pride like a jeweled necklace and clothe themselves with cruelty. These fat cats, I thought this was, I started to think I was reading the message when I was reading this today. I was like, these fat cats, these fat cats have everything their hearts could ever wish for. <laughs> they scoff and speak on the evil and their pride. They, they seek to crush others. They boast against the very heavens and their words strut throughout the earth. You know, people are godless. They, they mock God and they, they seem to be doing well. Okay. Uh, <laughs> You know, and the people are dismayed and confused, drinking all, in all their words. And so people are like, oh, yeah, I guess, yeah, okay. <laughs> How does God know, they ask? Does the Most High even know what's happening? Look at these wicked people, enjoying a life of ease while their riches multiply. Making it, you know, with Bitcoin and Dogcoin. And <laughs> did, I, did I keep my heart pure for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? And, and so there's this despair of, hey, am, am I doing the God thing in vain? 
Like, like, uh, like I'm, I'm trying to live the godly life. I'm, I'm saying no to things that I want to do because I know it's a godly thing. Uh, I'm, I'm saying yes to some things I don't want to do because, I, I, you know, I, I know it's the way to live. I get nothing but trouble all day long. Every morning brings me pain. Now, those who are older and have lifted too much, we get this. Every morning brings me pain. I wake up with a sprained ankle more times, and I, I think I sprained it in the 80s. Not in my 80s, but in the 1980s. It was this whole other decade. Um, <laughs> if I had spoken this way to others, I would have been a traitor to your people. So I tried to understand why it is the wicked prosper, what a difficult task it is. Then I went into your sanctuary, O God, and I finally understood the destiny of the wicked. Truly, you put them on a slippery path and send them sliding over a cliff to destruction. I picture that just... <laughs> in an instant, they're destroyed, completely swept away by terror. When you arise, O Lord... You will laugh at their silly ideas as a person laughs at dreams in the morning. You ever have a crazy dream and you wake up and you're like, I had the weirdest dream. You know, it's kind of like silly nonsense. It's like, and scientists say it's your brain trying to put things together and everything. I don't know. (laughs) But that's kind of, eventually there will be a judgment. And if there was no judgment, life would be unjust. Because the wicked prosper. And sometimes the good don't. We struggle in this life. Now it's, now, it's hard when we see the unrighteous do well, but we have to trust that God's got this. God's got you. And so our, 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 job, our job is not to make sure they get it. And, you know, the thing is, we all misjudge ourselves too, right? Because, uh, uh, you know, we overestimate our strength and our, and our unrighteousness. Uh, I found this thing this morning. It was sort of accidental, but I laughed. Um, six percent of Americans, um, you know, anyway, well, I'll get to the six, what the six percent think they could do. Um, so I, I have this chart, and it was a survey of Americans. Uh, which of the following animals, if any, do you think you could beat in a fight if you were unarmed? A rat. 72 percent of Americans are like, I got this. I got a rat. They're small. I could step on them, you know, which is funny. It's interesting that you know, 28% is like, nah, I'm just running. Um, a house cat, 69. A goose, 61. Man, geese are nasty. Like, they're pretty in the air. They're not so pretty when, like, they think you've wronged them. Uh, <laughs> the Target parking lot, I'm just saying. Uh, medium-sized dog, 49. An eagle, <laughs> we're getting lower, uh, 30%. Uh, they're bigger than they look, though. Uh, anyway, large dog, we're down to 23%. Chimpanzee, 17. King Cobra, 15% of Americans think they could beat a King Cobra in a fight unarmed. 15% of Americans will not reproduce if faced by a King Cobra. Uh, a kangaroo, 14%. They kind of do that. We call it the Joey kick. They jump up and then kick you. Uh, anyway. uh, a wolf, 12. Crocodile, 9. Gorilla, 8. Lion, 8. Eight percent of Americans think they can beat a lion in an unarmed fight. If that doesn't explain our country in a nutshell, <laughs> it gets worse. Six percent think they can beat a grizzly bear. I'm more fearful of a grizzly bear than a lion. I mean, have you seen The Revenant? 
<laughs> no, but, you know, but I, I think most of us, we sort of overestimate, you know, our strength. We overestimate what you, watching Kung Fu theater as a kid has done for our skill levels. Uh, some of you remember those days. We misjudge ourselves. And, and, you know, most of us believe there's a line between what we can get away with and what God will judge. And I suspect most of us draw that line in our favor. Because, you know, they're evil, but, you know, here's the line. As long as we don't go over this one. As long as we don't go over this one. And we, 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 we you know, we overestimate our strength in our own righteousness, which is why we need help when we're judged by God's standard. That's why we, we need a savior. Um, but in, in this world, there, there is, there's going to be this mix of good and bad, and we wait for God's judgment. Matthew chapter 13, says, Jesus tells a story. He goes, here's another story. I like it when he says that. Just here's another story Jesus told. <laughs> the kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field. But that night, as the workers slept, his enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat, then slipped away. You know, it's kind of, you know, ninja seed planters. You know, it's not a big issue with most of us. Although some of you, like when you garden, you're like, did someone come and plant these weeds? Because you're like, how did they all get here? Uh, the crop began to grow and plant grain. The weeds grew. And the farmer's workers went to him and said, sir, the field you planted with a good seed is full of weeds. Where did they come from? An enemy has done this, the farmer exclaimed. Should we pull out the weeds? They asked, no. You'll uproot the wheat if you do. Let both grow together until the harvest. Then I will tell the harvesters to sort out the weeds and tie them into bundles and burn them and put the wheat into the barn. And, and so, you know, it, it's like when I, you know, I have to do the landscaping here sometimes. I could always use help if, if someone likes the plant part of it because I don't know the plants from the weeds. And there's times I let things grow that I think turned out to be a weed, but they had pretty flowers, so we left it. And there's times I've pulled out stuff and then realized, oh, wait, I think that was a good plant. <laughs> um, anyone ever do that? Um, it's tricky. It's tricky, tricky. Uh, uh, somebody get that? <laughs> but, you know, God is patient. We might not be able to tell the weed from the plants, you know, but, but God does. And we have to trust that ultimately, even though the wicked seem to prosper, uh, ultimately, there will be this, this just judgment by God. You know, we live in hard times. And it can be hard to live holy. But ultimately, your sacrifices to live the life that God calls us to live will be rewarded, even if it's not in this world. Um, you know, it's interesting because, you know, we biked through the winter. Um, you know, and I often tell you about biking and stuff because it's something I do and it makes me think about spiritual stuff. Um, because you think you're going to die sometimes when you're biking, <laughs> not just the cars. It's like your lungs are about to explode sometimes. You know, Gertie and I took a little ride Wednesday night, and he, he, he thought he was going to die. Um, and I, I actually thought he did because he disappeared. Um, <laughs> I was going to get the car to get him. Uh, <laughs> no, but, you know, we, you know, I biked in the winter, and it was hard. It was horrible. Remember? Like, Bob biked with me. It was terrible. Steve, it was terrible, right? Like, you're like, oh, my gosh, it's hard. But... The end result is, when, it, when spring comes, you're, you're in better shape. And, and so, you know, sometimes it's hard, but it'll make life easier. You know, lifting. Um, lifting is hard. I mean, it's fun, too, those of us who, who like to pick things up and put things down. It, and it does get you often in, involved in moving other people's furniture, which is like the downside to being able to pick things up and put things down. Uh, <laughs> some of you just like the putting down part. Some of us like the picking up. But, you know. It's hard, but it makes you stronger. And life sometimes is hard. 
Uh, you know, and it's hard when there's, it doesn't seem like there's judgment, but ultimately God will judge correctly. You know, and God doesn't relish in the judgment part. You know, God gives us a way out. Now, if, let's say you went to the doctor. Has anyone ever been to a doctor? Just seeing if you're listening. No, if people or some of you are shaking, no. Uh, <laughs> no. But if you go to a doctor, let's say you go to a doctor, and he says, you know, uh, you know or she, because it can be either, <laughs> uh, doctor says to you, um, hey, you're sick, uh, and you, you, you just you need to take this medicine, and you'll be better. Now, if you go home, and you don't take the medicine, you're a man. No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Men, we're, we're a little stubborn at times. Anyone? Um, all the men are even raising their hand, and all the women are just like, yes, gosh. <laughs> men can't live with them. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, if, if the doctor offers you a pill to fix, and you don't take the pill, it's your own fault, right? And, and ultimately, Jesus is the pill. He is the medicine. It, it's, it's putting our faith and trust in him, we can escape judgment. But without Jesus, there's judgment. It's natural. But God's intervened. He, he's, he's done all he can. Uh, you know, he wants all to come to know him. He, he's patient now because sometimes we're impatient about judgment, right? Like we, anyone ever like kind of like, I'm ready for it now? But are you glad didn't, God didn't do it five years ago? Ten years ago? Fifteen? Twenty? Because we're, we're, all, we're all glad God waited long enough for us to get in. I was picturing it like, you ever see like those World War II movies and there's like submarines and, you know, it gets like torpedoed or something on the ship and they have to like close those doors with a little hatch. I always feel bad for the people stuck in there, right? Now, if you were like running to the door and they were closing it, wouldn't you want them to wait like a second or two more to let you in? You know, hopefully you'd also be concerned about the people behind you, but you know, at some point the door does close. And God's given us the way out, and he's given, he's given, he's given us a time because he wants us all to come to know him. Uh, ultimately, there will be judgment, and when we love others, we point them to, to Jesus, and we, but when we put our faith in him and choose to live for him, the eternal benefits we get there are beyond compare.